Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome. This is Hannah, your host of this week's Thinking Ahead. I'm joined today by Rachel Bonsignor. She's a senior consultant for GFK Consumer Life, and we are here today to talk a little bit about millennials. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So millennials isn't exactly a new word. So my first question to you is why? Why are we still talking about millennials? Well, first of all, I agree with you. We've talked about them a lot, but in the last couple of years um, and looking ahead to the future, we really think that it's worth to give them a second look given the life stage that millennials are at today. Uh, but I want to take a step back first and talk just generally about their sheer size too, because that's a really big part of it. Um, currently, millennials, um, as of this year, have overtaken their boomer parents as the largest adult generation. Um, so their population still has quite a bit of years before it will peak. Um, they have recently surpassed Gen Xers as the largest generation in the workforce. Um, and as we look to the election in 2020, uh, they are also approaching boomers in their share of the electorate. So really, millennials are kind of front and center in a lot of the metrics that really matter the most. Uh, and they're having, uh, you know, kind of such a big impact on the marketplace overall because of that size. So overall, you mentioned the marketplace um, and their marketing power, because I feel like people maybe skip over and they go straight to the young younger age yeah. because they're the ones who love to buy things. Um, so in terms of marketplace, why do you feel like it's still important to look at those millennials? Yeah, a couple of different reasons. Um, you know, when we think about who they are now, uh, to your point about always thinking about the younger generation, uh, we see a lot that people as a default have been thinking about millennials as the 18 to 34 year old group for quite some time. Uh, they have a lot of interesting qualities, but it being young forever is not one of them. So uh, the oldest members of the group is, are actually starting to turn 40 right now. Um, so they are in the prime focal point of households, of families, of the workplace, of people who are making purchasing decisions. Um, so we really feel that it's important to kind of take a closer look there. I know now that you mentioned they're turning 40, which is pretty crazy, um, <laughs> heading into the, the new 20s. Um, I know you recently wrote a blog about millennial parents and how they have this really unique parent-child relationship. Um, so how do you think it really defers their relationship with their children versus that relationship they had with their parents when they were growing up? Yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, you know, here at Consumer Life, we've been looking at this generation for quite some time and how they've evolved. And uh, for a long time, a lot of the story with millennials was that they were putting off traditional adulthood milestones, like getting married and having children and, and really, quote unquote, settling down compared to Gen X. Uh, where they are today is that they've actually caught up to Gen Xers in a lot of ways. So uh, compared to when Gen Xers were the same age, a pretty similar percentage of them now have children. Um, although their households look really different. For example, few of them are married um, compared to Gen X at this age. Uh, their households also look really different. We have a lot more single parents, a lot more unmarried couples, people who are living in their parents' homes um, or having multi-generational homes where they're taking care of their aging parents. Um, so even just from kind of the situation that they're dealing with, their homes look a lot more different and more diverse than they did before. 
before. Um, and what we also see, um, and I think a lot of this stems from uh, some of the personality traits that really define millennials, is that their approach to parenting is really different than that of previous generations. Uh, we often talked about boomers as you know raising a generation of latchkey kids who were kind of just on their own and had a very hierarchical relationship with their parents. Then we saw that Gen Xers were kind of course correcting with that and uh, taking on that helicopter parenting approach where they were heavily involved in their child's lives to a probably to a fault in some ways. Uh, millennial parents are really different um, in a lot of instances. So we see them uh, moving away from that helicopter approach. They reject kind of overscheduling with their kids' extracurricular activities and lessons and all of that kind of stuff. We see them a lot more liberal about limiting exposure to technology and to media. I think a lot of this is because you know they grew up with a lot of emerging technologies in their formative years, and they feel that it's important for children to benefit from that. And we also see that their relationship really resembles more of a friendship than kind of that hierarchical parent-child relationship. They spend a lot more time with their kids than uh, previous generations did on all sorts of leisure activities and hobbies. They kind of share in the interests together. They're much more likely to say, like, my child is my best friend than any other generation of parents ever would before. Um, so it's a really different uh, approach to raising a family than previous generations. Do you think there's a shift in, because I know you mentioned technology and how a lot of people find it important, but I think it's interesting because a lot of people think the opposite. They have these worries about what technology is going to do to the next generation and with social media and everything like that. Do you ever see in the trends anything that has to do with age that people start to expose the technology or if it's certain things or you know using blockers or monitoring? Because I know you also mentioned they're going away from helicopter, but at the same time now there's all this technology their kids can use. Are they monitoring it or are they kind of trusting their kids as their best friend, as you say? That's a really good question. Uh, and you know, certainly millennial parents do not have completely rose-colored glasses about all of this stuff. They know the dangers of technology. They live their lives very publicly on uh, you know, on Facebook and on other social media outlets. So they are very aware of the concerns that they have. So what we do see in our data is that um, there is this latent concern um, among millennial parents that even though the internet's a good thing, they do worry that too much tech could be a bad thing, so they are a little cautious. Uh, we do see about a quarter of millennial parents do use parental control programs or apps or something like that. Um, this increases pretty significantly as the children get a little older. So when they're kind of young, still you know learning the, learning how to read, learning the internet, all of that, they're a little less concerned. But as their kids get more savvier, more in kind of the preteen age, is when they really kind of turn up a little bit. You'd think it'd be the other way around. <laughs> well, we'll see what uh, Gen Z parents do. <laughs> That'll be thinking ahead to the next one. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, another topic I really wanted to touch on was finances and budgeting. Because, of course, millennials were hit pretty hard back during the recession in 2008. Uh, and now here they are as parents, as the adults, um, how do they really see their finances, their budgeting? How does the current climate of the marketplace really affect them? It's a really major force in their lives. It's it's very hard, I think, to find a millennial that is not 
uh, worried about their finances in a way that is dramatically different from previous generations. So as you mentioned, the Great Recession, it really left this generation more than any others uh, with uh, lower incomes and record levels of debt. Um, so if you think about it from a long-term perspective, you know the average millennial's net worth today is 40% lower than Gen Xers had in 2001, around the same age, and 20% lower than boomers in 1989. Uh, so it's really, it's not you know just kind of things change, the economy goes up and down. This is a really dramatic shift. And there's even, you know, millennials, we talk about them a lot as like a, a big cohesive group, but they're not a monolith, right? So younger and older millennials have different experiences. Uh, there's a lot of data um, that's been collected externally that shows, you know, the financial impact of the recession could vary so much on a millennial if you graduated college in 2007 versus 2009 or 2010. Um, there's really a lot of dramatic changes going on there. What we also see is significant financial polarization with this within this generation too. So um, we see that uh, overall this generation is leading to uh, increasing income gaps by education level. So with every generation at this age group, we look at kind of um, the gaps in people's income, depending on the the highest education level they reach, those gaps continue to get wider as we look at millennials. Um, we also see that unmarried millennials, um, their change in net worth has been declining over time, while it's had the opposite impact and is rising among those who are married. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to caretaking, which is going to be a bigger financial burden on young people as they get older as well. So it'll impact Gen Z too. Um, you know, we see some, of course, got financial help from their parents after the recession. Uh, we saw many trend stories back in the past when millennials first got attention about a lot of them living at home. Um, what we're actually seeing is that there's a, still a really significant chunk of this generation that are actually playing the caregiver role with their parents today. So they have money that they need to set aside for their parents' needs as they live longer and, um, you know, want to age healthily and age in place. Um, so it's really um, a much more stressful burden uh, among this group. And I think we saw that this generation, as I mentioned, was significantly impacted by the last recession. And with forecasts of another possible one coming soon, it does seem that, again, they might be hit the hardest, too, because now, as we talked about earlier, they are leading their own families and households. And um, they do have more financial responsibilities and they are further along in their careers. There's a lot more to lose. So they're dealing with a lot of economic instability that has not stabilized as much as they would like. Are there certain categories that millennials will tend to prioritize when they budget than others? That's a good question. I think, um, you know, uh, we want to also think about the positive side of millennials <laughs> and, and things that are good in their lives and, and things that make them happy. And we do see that uh, one thing that would really uh, differentiated them from Gen X right off the start is the fact that they're more uh, likely to be fun seekers and, and people that want to have enjoyment in their daily lives. They're um, a little less cynical in that way and a little more just kind of uh, seeking interesting experiences and fun. Um, so I think that anytime you're able to uh, make things feel lighter for them is a good thing. They tend to be a generation that really stands out in personal values like enjoying life and excitement and all that kind of stuff. So they do still want to um, enjoy themselves in spite of all of these financial hardships. Uh, they, they do need some help to do that though. 
All right. <laughs> so basically, they have less money, more people to take care of, and they're still having fun with their money somehow. <laughs> In smaller ways, I think we've seen a shift in the last couple of years to um, uh, owning less stuff and doing more things. So prioritizing experiences over possessions and really thinking about the quality of what you're doing and, you know, the memory of it or what it looks like on social media or anything like that, as opposed to amassing a lot of things um, and and buying a lot of things. We've seen a lot of movements, you know, towards uh, buying reused items and to um, just thinking more green about, you know, your possessions and the amount of space you take up and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And I think a lot of that has been driven by millennials. Do you see the the whole green movement with sustainability and reusable items? Is that a really big part of the millennial generation and trends? Do you see it more with them or or with other generations? I think that it's always for the most part, going to be something that uh, younger audiences are driving. And we see green movements really manifesting themselves differently in millennials versus Gen Z. So millennials, you know, are thinking a little more about, you know, buying less things and all of that kind of stuff um, and sustainability in that way. Whereas Gen Z, as we've seen, I think particularly just in 2019, um, they're the ones who are the most outspoken about uh, the larger issues of climate change and how uh, the government is really falling short in terms of uh, uh, securing their own future because they'll be around to live through it the longest. So uh, we see them as being a little more uh, intense about big structural environmental change, whereas millennials, perhaps because they have so many other kind of burdens on their mind, um, they're thinking about it more in their Yeah, they keep it more personal. What can they do versus Gen Z are out there at the climate change marches and all of those? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, because we do see that millennials kind of shifting in terms of how they think about, you know, success. Uh, What's really rising is being true to myself. And, And a lot of that, you know, again, is those personal actions, like you mentioned. I think that's great. Go millennials. (laughs) We're trying. Yeah. Well, it sounds like from everything, I mean, with being parents with taking care of your own parents, with all of these things. I mean, the amount of stress that millennials are under, all of this, plus having a job, plus potential recession. How do they deal with the stress of everything? It's tough. You know, we see that um, there's been a lot of talk about burnout over the years. And uh, even though Gen Z certainly has high stress levels as well, perhaps for different reasons, we do see that millennials, because of the world that they've grown up in um, and this kind of hustle culture that's been kind of forced on them, have led to really, really record levels of burnout. It feels almost like it's built into who they are at this point. Um, Very defining characteristics of the generation. Uh, They're working all the time. They feel like they have to be constantly working and constantly filling every part of their day with something. Um, We see them telling us, you know, they don't have enough time to finish everything they want to and that their stress levels are really high and they can't balance uh, work and personal lives. Um, So it's really um, something that has been, uh, I think, talked and written about a lot in the last couple of years that um, burnout at this level due to so many factors beyond their control has truly defined this generation. I know that Consumer Life has quite a lot of different information about millennials. I'm just curious, what is the most surprising fact or statistic that you've seen about them? So one thing that's really interesting, um, going back to our earlier discussion about 
how unique millennial parents are is that despite all that uh, the pressures that they're facing, all the financial burdens that they might have, um, a lot of the optimism that has defined millennials since we started talking about them actually intensifies and is stronger among millennial parents. We see them more confident than the average millennial that their economic situation is going to improve in the near future, and even that today's children will have a better life as adults than they do today. So um, despite all that they are dealing with, they still actually, the more they're dealing with, the more good they feel about the future. So, um, which to some people may be counterintuitive, but um, to them it just seems to make sense. So they're always kind of trying and striving um, and, and feeling hopeful about what's ahead. That's awesome. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> One final question I want to ask you. Just thinking ahead, what do you think we're going to see from millennials next as they continue to grow into that middle age part of life? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, whenever the next recession comes, they are heading into it with uh, the most to lose. Um, so they will be very cautious and they will look for brands to simplify their lives and to um, provide solutions that make it financially easy for them to move on. On the other hand, they are more positive than uh, Gen Z, who tends to be a little more kind of serious and worried. Um, and that's a very uh, marked difference between the two. So there are, um, you know, they are probably going to be more receptive to brands that want to relieve their stress, relieve their financial burdens, um, to point them to a more positive future. Well, thank you, Rachel. So um, just before we end, can you tell us a little bit about consumer life and the history and how really you've gotten all of this rich data? Yes. Yeah, so Consumer Life, which many people may know from its historical name as Rupert Reports, is a syndicated consumer trend study that's been fielding in the U.S. since 1973 and globally since 1997. So we have a really long-term trend on how people are changing, how the cultural's, culture is changing, um, and what the opportunities are for brands to you know, kind of track these disruptive forces before they become mainstream and really leverage them for new opportunities. So uh, we've been looking at millennials since they were barely legal. <laughs> uh, we've been looking at Gen X since they were the same age and so on. So we have that really great longitudinal view that gives us a really deep understanding of how generations are changing. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. If anyone's interested in a little more information about consumer life, I will leave a link in the bio so that you can go check out more. And now our closing segment, Listen to This, where we'll share some fun facts pulled from our studies across GFK. Today, we're joined by a colleague from MRI Simmons. I'm Tamara Barber from MRI Simmons, and I'm wondering, do you think reusable diapers are part of the millennial parenting plan? Well, listen to this. 16% of millennials with babies are already using cloth diapers, which is actually down from 19% in 2015. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.